Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Holy Fire Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. You guys already know my name is Michael and I'm here with my my dad, Dr. Sergio. And today we wanted to do something a little different. Um, first of all, how are you, dad? I am doing great. Blessed to be um, recording again or this, with this podcast once again. Hoping to be a blessing to those who tune in and are subscribing and sharing, commenting. And uh, it's Sunday morning. It's a blessing. Supporting new shirts, my Holy Fire shirt. You have yours too. Living on, living in the spirit. Living on your knees. On your knees. And uh, we have a great, great topic that we pray it's a blessing to you. I think it's relevant to what this generation is living now. Speaking about 2020 and all the chaos and trials and tribulations that uh, the world is going through. First time in my lifetime that I've seen um, a, a great collection of everything at once. And uh, it doesn't scare me. It concerns me. But it doesn't scare me. How come it doesn't scare me, Mike? Because we've been knowing on along that eventually it would come to this. And sadly to say, this is just the beginning. We cannot expect for everything to get better. Um, I think we will overcome as a world some issues, some will come up, and so on and so forth. But those, who, those of us who are of the faith, we cannot be discouraged, but encouraged, knowing that everything that has been written is coming to pass. So, yes. Yeah, with, with all that being said, uh, I asked you yesterday if, if you've ever, has this ever happened with the virus, the election coming up, the division between the country, um, social and racial injustice? You told me, you told me no. Not in my lifetime. I, I've, I, I've, we've heard Wars have been going on since, since forever, and that's in Scripture, right? Uh, racism, uh, the Bible says a nation will come up against another nation, so racism is a, it, it's part of that. Social injustice, racial injustice, uh, I've seen a little bit of that uh, throughout the years, not as much as I'm witnessing now, wars, not as many as we are aware of them now, the virus, and along with the virus, health issues, financial issues, unemployment, all-time high. So when you add all of these up, it's, it's I don't want to say scary, to the believer should be encouraging. Now, I understand 
that there are some believers that are going through this, not only witnessing it from afar, but living it. Maybe sickness, loss of a job, or lost relatives to the virus. And uh, I pray to God for you, for God to bless you, give you strength, and uh, for your faith not to diminish, diminish, but to grow. Remember, uh, His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. There are some things that we ask as human beings. Why God? If you are God, why do you, why does this happen, right? However, and I say this with all due respect, that's foolishness. Why? Because we cannot, we cannot try to have, make God think like us. We don't have the mind of God. We should go or try to be or think like, more like Him. The Bible says the mind of Christ. So, when we question ourselves, why God? Uh, it's not that He's wrong. It's not that He's making a mistake. I suggest you don't go in that direction because, remember, death is the uh, wages of sin. So, everything that's happening in the world, it's, it's the consequence of all the bad decisions, of all the sin of the world. So God cannot be blamed for that. As a matter of fact, since day one, from the early accounts of, of, of in Genesis and throughout the Bible, all the way through the book of Revelation, we have scripture alerting us, um, preaching, teaching to us uh, about the consequences. So just let's pray, intercede on behalf of ourselves and others for his blessing and for his presence and to grow in communing, communion with God. Yeah, so uh, the topic for, for today is uh, spiritual warfare. The Bible says that our battle is not between flesh and blood, but with evil spirits, principalities, authorities of the unseen world. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, that's what's going on right now. Yes, but what I think is that spiritual war warfare has been going on since ever. However, there have been times where it can manifest itself more than other times. Like nowadays, it's more evident. Everywhere you look, there's, there's destruction, there, there's sin, there is chaos, trials, temptation, tribulation, divisions, nation against nation, sickness. So, um, I grew up, I grew up under the uh, mentorship of believers that grew up in the 70s. And I understand that in the 70s, there was a movement that Jesus was coming now, 
back in the 70s because of all the all the events in the 70s and uh, throughout history there's been times decades where it kind of grows trials tribulations uh, nation against nation and i think this generation is living through one of those times so i don't want to come across like like saying or to believe that um now it's spiritual warfare warfare it has always been spiritual warfare now it's more evident do i believe that the look end times the bible speaks about end times and i believe the end the period of end times started from when jesus was crucified and rose on the third day. From there, the end times began. Now, it's been 2,000 years since, but the tension and the pressure, it's accumulating, it's growing, and the fulfillment of Scripture, every day that goes by, we're beginning to see it more closer to biblical proportions. Therefore, we're speaking this language. But spiritual warfare is true. It's true. It's a fact. It has always been. Every, every book in the Bible, Old, New Testament, obviously, and the Old Testament, the literal wars are a type of a spiritual warfare nowadays. Except that nowadays, it's invisible. See. Most people don't see that. However, however, it's invisible to those who do not live a spiritual life. I don't want to be critical, and I'm not saying that I do. What I'm saying is that those who live in the Spirit walk in the Spirit, or walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. So if you walk and you live in the Spirit, you are more sensitive to the spiritual happenings in the spiritual realm. See? Now those who do not live in the Spirit or live on their knees, as the statement in your shirt says, then we're not aware. They're not aware. So their interpretation of everything that's going on it's literal or physical or it's just race, racism or the isms, right? But there's the background to racism and to all the isms. There's a background. There, there's a force. There's, there's a, a movement, invisible, spiritual, and that's the kingdom of darkness right the bible speaks about principalities the verse that you mentioned uh, we don't battle with uh, uh, principalities princip yeah authorities of the unseen right world. right we battle with principalities authority uh, strongholds mm -hmm. now a regular person or even a believer that does not live in the spirit, it will be difficult for that person to 
discern, to detect, to see. That's why, if someone comes against me, let's say literal, let's say someone offends me, criticizes me, if I live in the flesh, I will take it personally. I will interpret as that person coming against me. That person doesn't like me, or vice versa, right? But if we live in the Spirit, and we have communion with, with Jesus through prayer, and then our senses develop, our spiritual senses. And by the way, as we grow in communion, in our communion, daily walk with Jesus through prayer, listen to this. I believe in the scripture. I understand that this is what it teaches. The more we develop our relationship with Christ, the more we grow in authority. And the more we grow in authority, now our spiritual life is, does not consist only of prayer. Listen. Prayer, it's key, it's key. The Bible says that uh, we will be given the keys of the, of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, to bind and I un unbind, right? Whatever we bind up here will be bound in the heavens. See, that's spiritual authority. Whatever we declare, whatever decreed comes out of our mouth, with spiritual authority, it's only because I have a personal relationship with Christ. But for me, or for anyone, to develop or obtain, gain that spiritual authority, we must live on our knees, just like the statement on your shirt says. And that's the price we have to pay. We have to pay. Instead of being concerned and preoccupied and lose sleep over everything that's going on in the world, we should seek Christ even more. It's the fulfillment of Scripture that should only draw us close to God. The Bible says that if we draw close to Him, He will draw close to us. So it speaks of a process, of a process that begins with prayer, ends with spiritual authority. So once we come into the spiritual realm, now we see, like never before, our eyes are open. Now we see how he sees. His now we gain some of that hidden understanding. Not hidden from us, but hidden for us. For those that grow in relationship with Christ. So now, you have a spiritual authority, so now your prayer life, it's transformed. Not only you are transformed, now you're not only a, 
uh, and spiritual being. Everyone's spiritual being, by the way. Without prayer, that's all we are. With prayer, we begin a transformation that gives us spiritual authority. So now we can enter into different levels of prayer. Another being an accessory prayer. For the most part, people believe the prayer, and this is lack of teaching in, in the church. For the most part, people believe that prayer is come to his presence and ask for things, right? Your basic, uh, 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 your basic, God gave me, God give me this prayer. Mm-hmm. I need another job. I need healing. I need this and I need that. Okay. That's the first level of prayer, right? A petition prayer. Some may, some may call it prayer of petition. But there's different levels of prayer. First you come, you give thanks, and you ask. If you ask, you will receive, the Bible teaches. Okay, so now, after we ask and we receive, spiritual authority, see, now our eyes are open, spiritual eyes, now we see what's, what's happening, we have understanding, he gives us insight, insight, some may call it revelation, I would be careful with that word. As a matter of fact, I want to take time to say this. Let's be careful if you're a preacher, teachers, young leaders. Let's be careful saying, God told me this. Please, please. Because there's people that all day, all they say is, God told me this. God told me this. God told, God said, God told me this. God. I mean, I don't doubt that he did. But when it, when it doesn't come, when it doesn't come to pass, so what was it then? What was it? Was it my interest, good intention, something that I wanted to happen, something that I want to happen? See, that's different. We cannot say God told me this if our prayer life is just a petition, prayer life, basic level. Entry level, level number one. All we're doing is asking. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's just the first step. So let's be careful saying, God told me this. God told me this. I will hold you accountable. If you tell me, God told me this, I will write it down. I will put a date on it. And I will count the days. And I will ask for the date, the fulfillment date of that fact, statement, or affirmation. If we, if we were all held accountable to, to that statement, everyone would be more careful. We won't be just spitting, God told me this, God said that. Listen, everything God had to say, it is written down. Now, you may hear a word, get a word, and opens your eyes, your eyes of understanding. It's not that it's new. It's new to you. So you may feel that God told me this. Great. With that, I agree. See? And that happens to me every day, every time I open Scripture. 
even though I've been opening for more than 25 years. And I read, I say, oh my goodness. Wow, I never seen that before. Or I've seen it, then I don't understand it. But now I do. So now I can say, well, God told me this. No. God has told everyone everything he had to say. Now, we may be speaking about insight. Insight. Right? Insight. Or, or even if it's revelation. But it's not new revelation. It's revelation given but it's new to us. So it may have been hitting, not from you, for you. It was a matter of maturing, growing in Christ, in relationship and communion with Christ. Our eyes are open. We come into a different level of authority. So now we have a better understanding. We have more anointing, right? Greater anointing. So now we have a great, greater level of a spiritual authority. That I understand. So when we come into this level, it doesn't come to us. We come into it. So now our prayer life changes. What do I mean by that? Now it's not just first level a petition or request prayer. Now level number two is communion. You pray not to receive. You pray just to fellowship with Jesus, with God. See? That's what we understand from David. He loved the house of the Lord. He loved it. He loved it. Why? Because there he found, he saw, he fellowshiped with the glory of God. That's why he said it's better one day in your presence than a thousand Without it, it's better one day to be with him, come into his presence, the manifested presence, and just fellowship with Jesus. Wow. Wow. That's, that, that's why Scripture says that he will knock, and if you open, he will come in. He will eat with us. He will fellowship with us. If we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. God wants to fellowship with us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? It's that, that's mind-boggling to me. God wants to fellowship with me, with you, with you. It's amazing. I, I, I speak it, I say it, I understand it. And it overwhelms my understanding, my senses, my mind, my brain, my subconscious, my, 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 everything, my being. I, I don't understand it. I hear it. I read it. I believe it. But for the life of me, I don't understand why. But he does. He does. He does. So. And we see that from Genesis, where the Bible says that he came down and walked with Adam. See, he walked with Adam. Adam. And we hear later on, we read about Enoch, that he walked with God. So much that God took him up with him. Think about that. Now, what happens there? 
there's a transformation, a transfiguration, the reality, we enter a bigger reality. For example, the, when Jesus took the three disciples up the mountain and he was transfigured. Remember that? And Moses appeared and the other prophet appeared and Peter was there. All he could say is, hey, we should build and we should stay here. It is good for us to be here. See, that's level number two. Walking with God, in communion with God, relationship with God, not to request a better job, better pay, healing, better house, better car, a wife or a girlfriend, and that's fine. You could do that. Level number one, basic level. Beginner level, the petition level, but the relationship level, it's to know him. It's to know him. Unfortunately, there there are many Christians that seek God for the benefits, not so much for the communion, or relationship with him. See, that's why we read in the book of Acts about the ministry of the apostles. And there were two functions, uh, uh, important, primary functions, to pray and the word. Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. Nowadays, we have many ministers, and not to say, um, not in form of criticism, because to a certain point I understand. However, we, they are too busy, so busy, so busy, that we have forgotten the ministry of the presence of the prayer and the word. The ministry of prayer and the word is a ministry of the presence. See, people are seeking knowledge. People are reading up on the latest topics of the internet to fabricate, manufacture a message. Let me teach you, or let me, let me save you some time. The ministry of prayer and the word is the ministry of the presence. You want to find a sermon that will touch lives? That will set the captive free? The cap- captive free? To heal the sick? It's your prayer life. That's where you get the best sermons. That I can speak of. That's where Jesus speaks. Now listen, you can continue preaching from textbooks. If it's working for you, hey, listen. There's no comparison. There's no comparison when Jesus speaks to your life, when you're there with him, in communion with God. But that's level number two. 
Let me get to level number three. I know there's a lot. This topic is vast and interesting. We'll never get to the end of it. I'm, but, but I'm just speaking out of, out of my heart. Experience, what I've done, what I've heard, what I've read, what I've seen, what I've seen happen, good and bad, success, failures. So I'm speaking out of experience, not out of, not out of a textbook or out of a conference that I've heard, that I attended to. I'm not speaking on borrowed anointing or on behalf of someone else's experience. I'm speaking out of my heart, from God's heart, to my heart, to yours. There's another level. So we have petition, communion, fellowship, right? Now, the third level is the high, in my experience, the highest form of spiritual authority, right? Where your prayer now, you stopped asking, now you fellowship with him, and through, through, in that fellowship, we begin to understand or to, or to obtain, to gain or to grow in in Jesus' mind, his mind begins to be our mind. Now, only he is God. I don't want this to be misinterpreted because I understand there, there are some haters out there and just looking to see where somebody makes a mistake. I'm not, God is God and he alone. But what I'm saying is through that fellowship, we become one. And that's what John speaks about. Becoming one with him. So first level is, Father Jesus, Father in the name of Jesus, I need a better job. And that's fine. Level number two, fellowship, communion. In level number one, the only one that speaks is us. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Help, 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 help. In level number two, it's no longer a monologue. It's a dialogue. I speak. He listens. He speaks. I listen. So there is communion. See, communication. That's why some people say, well, God doesn't speak to me. And I will ask you to reconsider that statement or that thought because I truly believe that he does. But since we're only asking, we don't allow ourselves to listen to what he's speaking. Does that make sense? Right? So, in communion, there's communication. So, I, I began to understand more. The scriptures become a lot clearer. 
his will, even though I may not understand it completely, but I accept it. I accept it. His decisions over my life, you accept it. Whether you accept it or not, that's the way it is. But your quality of life improves when you accept it, when you understand God allowed it. And that's fine. That's fine. There's a reason for that. But level number three, level number three is becoming one. Now you are one. There's a greater understanding. Now there's an alliance. Now we become part of his. Cup, cup, cup. Force. Now you become a soldier. Now you become, in level number one, we are part of the uh, kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of light, of heaven, of God. It's the same kingdom, right? But in level number three, now we come, we become generals. We become soldiers. Now we just don't ask on our behalf. Now there's a burden for the Church of Christ. And we see this, I want to take you to a, to a biblical, to, excuse me a minute. I want to take to Exodus, Exodus, Exodus 15, if I understand it. 17, I'm sorry. 17, verse 8. And I'm not going to read it to you, however you can read it, or find it up in the screen. But we find the battle of Amalek. Amalek? Yeah. He came up against Israel, right? And you know the scripture. I don't want to get preachy. However, we find the Bible says that Amalek, Amalek came and declare war against the uh, Israelites. Correct? Yeah. You, you find it there? Okay. So, 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 so everything that I've shared with you up to now, now I want to prove it to you with the scripture, how this works. Because I truly believe everything that I've given to you right now, someone may, may have tuned in and may be asking themselves, well, what does this have to do with spiritual warfare? Well, everything. I just gave you the foundation of spiritual warfare. Do not even think of becoming part of spiritual warfare if you don't have communion with God. If you don't have fellowship and relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not one with Him. So, what, what do we find there? Now, we find that Amalek came up against the Israelites. And Moses, immediately, immediately, Moses, immediately, a general of God. Let's, let's look at it this way for a minute, a general of God. So the first thing that he did, he, he, he did not come up against the kingdom of darkness in that minute. Right? He did not get emotional. He did not get emotional. 
It's a war. So we need strategy. Some people, they're very emotional believers, and they start declaring and going, hold on, hold on. It's a spiritual warfare. You will not win any war or warfare just reacting. Reacting. Not at all. Look all the examples that we have nowadays with the military in the states in the world, all the planning, all the strategies, technology, all the mapping, the intelligence. I mean, we're talking about war. So it, it does not, it must not be emotional. So we find Moses, the first thing that he does is he calls Joshua. And he calls Joshua and and, and he, he tells him, Joshua, I need for you to choose. What does it say? Choose some men. Some men. Go to battle. To go to battle. Think about it. Moses did not go to battle. Now you might say, wait a minute, wait just a minute. Hold on, wait a minute. I don't understand that. Well, listen, spiritual warfare. Moses did not pick up a sword. Why? Moses was the set man. He was the anointed. He had the vision. He was not in level number one. Oh God, please free us from... Oh, God, we need swords. Oh, God, please, we need. Oh, God, we need more men. Oh, God, please. He was not in level number two. He was beyond that. He, Moses, spoke with God. He had a dialogue with God. He was one. You may, if we could say he was one with God. He wasn't a hearsay. It was first-hand account. So, we all need, need to be or know someone that's a sad man. Sp spearhead. Anointed. With spiritual authority. And I know some people may think, well, what does that mean? That my level, my spiritual authority doesn't count? It does. It does. And it's needed. However, However, we must know our place. So he called, uh, remember what uh, Ezekiel chapter 20, 22nd chapter, verse 30. 22nd chapter, verse 30. I'm paraphrasing. The Bible says that God himself looked down on, on the earth and he searched for someone that will stand up, build up the wall, stand up in the gap, stand in the gap, and intercede on behalf of the people on earth. And he did not find one. Well, see, your city, your city, spiritual warfare, your city, and I'm speaking to Seattle, and I'm speaking to Portland, Oregon, and I'm speaking to Washington, D.C., and everywhere that I'm hearing of, 
right, through CNN, and, and, and maybe all the turmoil. That's not going to go away with a prayer meeting. Just, just a prayer meeting. Oh, God, please, save us. Oh, God, please. I'm not mocking. I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Excuse my sarcasm. It's going to require people called by God that can detect that it's not just a, um inconvenience, political, racism, black against white, white against black, whatever color you want to choose or belong to. It's not about that. It requires someone to see that Amalek has risen, has declared war against the people of God. But how can we do, do this? If we're still in the prayer request mode, oh, we need a bigger building. Oh, we need a building. Oh, I need a musician. Oh, I need a worshiper. Oh, I need a guitar player. Oh, I need more finances. Oh, I need a better car. Because I'm a minister of God. Oh, I need. Come on. Come on. There's no insight. Therefore, there's no drive. Most of the people of. Most. Most, most people are in waiting mode. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. For the first time in my lifetime, I'm seeing a serviceless church. So I hear a lot of people in the Christian realm, well, this is a decree from God. This is a consequence of sin. Well, the church is the first one to be paying. There's no services. For the first time in my lifetime, and I've seen a lot, I've seen kingdoms come up, kingdoms come down, people come up, people come down, come up again. Listen, but I've never seen a, a serviceless church. And a lot of ministers just waiting to see what happens. They're taking a break, right? Taking it from Sunday service, Wednesday service. Friday service, the youth service, the leadership service, taking a break, the recouping. We should be on our knees in an accessory prayer, communion with God, searching Him so He could give us insight, so He could tell us how He told Moses again, the set man, the spearhead, the anointed one, when he was before the Red Sea, and Pharaoh was behind him, behind him, coming up quick. And the people were worried. You think this is chaos? Huh, think about that. Think about the Israelites. They have Pharaoh and his troops on one side, and the Red Sea on the other. Death was coming up and coming up soon. Right? So what's happening now? I mean, the subjects may change. Racial, social injustice, the, the, the uh, presidential race coming up this November 2nd. We'll pray for that. 
um, Black Lives Matter movement, which which I personally I agree, and the the and, and the virus and everything else that we mentioned. So the the topics change, but the kingdom behind it, the kingdom of darkness, it's the same. The actors change, but the, but the kingdom of dark, darkness is the same, and the agenda is the same, to destroy, to destroy, to kill. Kill and destroy, conquer and destroy, conquer and divide. However, so, Moses, so he spoke to God, spoke to God, he, he, he spoke to God. What do I do? Not level one. He had communion. And God responded, What do you have on your hand? Staff. Raise it. Mm-hmm. Lift up your hands. And when he did so, the Bible says that the wind blew and part of the sea. And it looked like columns to the right and columns of water to the left. And the people walk in the middle of the sea through it on dry ground. And they were delivered. But what happened? Someone needed to raise their hands. But that's intercessory prayer. So in Ezekiel 22, verse 30, and what Moses did uh, before the Red Sea, that's intercessory prayer. His spiritual authority will give you the mind of God, the heart of Jesus, the mind of Jesus. So your prayer now is not on behalf of your interests. Now it's on behalf of the Church of Christ. And that's, that's how you win spiritual warfare. So I'm going to show it to you. So this is what, going back now to Exodus 17, verse 8. And on. So Moses says this. Joshua, see, the set man was Moses. Mm-hmm. The executor, executor, if you will, was Joshua. Now he said, choose people. Now remember, choose. Point number one is the set man, Moses. A man or woman of God with the highest level of communion, union with God. That gives you spiritual authority. So now you see things how they really are. The invisible becomes visible. So now you know who's attacking, where the attack is coming from, and what the objective is. But he will give you the strategy. So the strategy is this, point number two. Joshua, come. Not just anybody. It was Moses' right hand. Trustworthy. Right? Proven in battle. Joshua. And I'm not going to say more about Joshua because we know the Bible, the history, right? That he took over Moses, correct? Enough said. So it wasn't just anybody. It was someone with certain qualities, right? Spiritual qualities. And point number three was choose. Choose. How does it say? Choose. 
choose uh, some man some man. and fight with okay. the army of Amalek. Now listen, point number three. A couple of points here. Number one, he didn't say, well, just pick anyone. Yeah. Anyone that's willing. Anyone that's emotional. Anyone that believes that level number one, it's enough. There's a prayer meeting. Anybody, come on. No, no, no. He said, choose. See, that's selection. That's a, not just anybody. Yeah. So think, think about Joshua. So now, what's happening? War. War, yes. Going to go to war. Pick. Basically, what he was saying is, pick your best man. Your life depends on it, Joshua. Pick your best man. See, that's what ministers need. We need to surround ourselves with good, good people. Not to say men. Good people, men and women. Good people. With, with, with spiritual people. Spiritual people. Spiritual people. Not just people that want titles, power, right? But good people. So there's a selection. I imagine Joshua and everybody was raising their heads. Yeah, pick me, pick me, pick me. The Sundercore, Sundercore, Core. Can you imagine? I think Joshua, maybe he looked at some and knew their life or their spiritual life and said, There's no way I'm going to pick you. Maybe in his mind. Yeah. There's. Mm, I appreciate you wanting to, yes, thank you very much, but uh, not this time, next time. So there was a, a selection, right? And he told, Moses told Joshua, so pick a few good men. Take the slogan from, from, from the army, I believe, the commercials, right? TV commercials. A few. It's better to, to have a few, but good then quite a bit, but they, they, only, they only attend church on Sundays. Christmas. Thanksgiving. Easter. Imagine going to war with someone like that. He'll stab you in the back. He'll shoot you, not the enemy. So anyways, I don't, I don't want to um, take up more time on this point, but I just want to emphasize it wasn't just anybody. He picked a few good men. His life depended on them, on it, on them. Okay, so then Moses says, you go to battle. You're going to go to battle with them. And what are you going to do, Moses? Should I choose you the best and biggest and sharpest sword? No. Even the biggest sword will not do us any good. What I'm going to do, paraphrasing, it's much better than that. Tomorrow morning, I go up the mountain. Is that what it says? Yeah. I go up the mountain. Holding the staff of God in my hand. Yes. But I think, I believe it says I go top of the mountain. I will stand at the top of the hill. Yeah. See, the top of the hill. What does that mean? The highest level, not the bottom of the hill, where the complainers and the drunkards and the idol worshippers 
in the camp. Remember that? Not, not the bottom of the hill. Not mid-hill. Not mediocrity. No, 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 no. Not those that they haven't decided to follow Jesus all the way. It's too hard. Too difficult. Now people betray you. Don't talk to me about people betraying me. You know, people are unfaithful. Oh, people don't appreciate what you're doing for the people or you're doing it for God. See, level two, communion with God. You went to the top of the mountain, paramount. That's what it's called, paramount. The top of the mountain, the highest level, the highest level of relationship, fellowship, communion with God, oneness with God, one with God. That was the key to victory. However, he didn't go up alone. He took Karen and her. Yeah. Karen and her. We know the story, guys. I'm just highlighting some points that I've seen that the Lord has opened my eyes in communion with him. And we know the story. So the story goes like this. We know the ending, right? So the Bible says, basically, every time Moses lifted up his hands up high, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God represented in the Israelites prevailed. Yeah, had the advantage. Had the advantage. They moved forward, right? But every time Moses' hands came down, yeah. the kingdom of darkness prevailed. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't say how long this went on, but can you imagine that battle? Can you imagine? I mean, try to hold your hands up. You know, you could do it for a minute or two. Think about that. And I'm doing it right now. See, prophetically also, I'm lifting up my hands. Now I'm declaring that the kingdom of heaven will prevail in the world. In Christianity will prevail because Jesus Christ, he, he has prevailed. He has defeated death. He has given us light. He took us from the kingdom of darkness now into the kingdom of light. And now as participants and residents in the kingdom of, the, of heaven, now we get the keys to bind and unbind. To bind and unbind. To bind and unbind. So I'm, I'm I'm binding up, I'm binding up on earth everything that needs to be bound. So right now in heaven, now in heaven, see, now in heaven, this is what's happening right now. The people of God will prevail. You will prevail. We will prevail. We will not stand up for defeat. We will not accept it. Yes. There has been times where we get tired. See, it's been less than five minutes and my shoulders begin, are beginning to strain. It's difficult. My shoulders are beginning to strain, beginning to feel pressure here. See, it's difficult. It's been three minutes. So it gets tiresome, okay? So that's what happens in life. So you struggle and you go to bat through battles where you don't understand the outcome. Because you take a step back, or a mile back, and you feel like you've been defeated, and that everything you build up 
has been destroyed. I know a little bit about that. I know a little bit about that. But in the wisdom of God, Moses knew we, we, we need to wonder why or how he came up with the idea of taking up Aaron and her. Yeah. Imagine Joshua saying, well, wait a minute, Moses, I want to co-op with you. No, you lead the battle. You choose the men. Aaron, her, yes? You want us in the battle? Uh, yeah, different battle. Down there in the valley, that's the physical battle. That's the one, that's the battle everyone sees. But the battle will not be won or lost in the valley. The battle will be won or lost in the top of the mountain. Calvary. So, Moses got tired. So Aaron and her came up with the idea, led by the Spirit, to help Moses. So they helped him, and they lifted up his hands. And the kingdom of heaven prevailed. But then he got tired, his legs got tired. So now the, the arms were not the problem. The legs were the problem. What do we do? Because Moses was tired. What do we do? If he falls over, the hands will be lowered. Someone came up with a great idea. I believe the Spirit. Because I believe the Spirit of God was there to lead. To lead the man. The surrounded, the set man, the anointed, the vision carrier. So they found a stone that represents Christ, the rock. So Moses sat on the stone. The foundation of the victory was the stone. That was the fact, the truth, the light, the way, the door, the stone, the rock, Jesus Christ. So now Moses was resting on the rock, on the truth. And he had Aaron in one hand and her in the other. His hands was lift, were lifted up. And the Bible says that the Israelites destroyed Amalek. Destroyed. Destroyed. I want to pray for your life. I want to pray for your city. I want to pray for your nation. I want to pray over your finances. I want to pray over, I want to pray for your health. I want to pray for your faith. Probably you lost your job, going through a divorce, you lost ministry. Maybe because of the virus, someone got sick and passed on. Maybe your finances are suffering. Maybe your city is in turmoil. We're going to need more than hope. We're going to need a set man or a set woman, a set person, surra surrounded 
by warriors like Joshua and the few chosen good men. And we're going to need people. Maybe they don't know how to handle the sword, but they know about prayer, about intercessory prayer, like Aaron and her. They were in the priesthood. We're going to need people not to judge the sad man when he gets tired. After all, he's human, just like you. We're going to need someone to help. Keep your arms stretched up towards the heavens, recognizing that only Him and God alone is the answer to all, all of our problems. So let us pray. Let us pray and let, let us go beyond level number one, petition prayer, the asking prayer, prayer of asking, the self-absorbed prayer. More be, let's go beyond what I need, what I want for me, for myself. What do you say we enter into level number two? Communion and fellowship with Jesus. Where we can speak to him But at the same time, He speaks to us. We draw closer to Him, He draws closer to us. So we can gain and obtain and develop and grow into the mind of Christ. And let us, and let Him trust us, thrust us over into level number three, union with God, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just like Peter and John and Jacob, when they accompanied Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration, and they saw things in the spiritual realm, and they heard things, I believe they were never the same. And that could happen to us today, in the year 2020. There is insight, there's revelation, not hidden from us, hidden for us. But we can only come into as we grow in, in oneness, in relationship with Him. Father, I come before you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I come as a set man, as a chosen one, as a calm one not to build a kingdom or a or an empire but for the well-being of the body of Christ I lift up my hands just as Moses did I lift up my hands towards the heavens as acknowledgement that the answer to our prayers and the answer to chaos turmoil trials and tribulations, the answer to this crisis that this world, present world, is, is seeing is you, God, only you. Only you, God. You are the, the creator of all, the creator of heaven and on earth. You are the only God. Father, we pray for 
for social for the crisis of social injustice, racial injustice. Father, we pray against the hatred based on color, nation, language, culture. Father, we believe because we know it's not about that. We know, Father, that it's the devil saying himself, using people in movements to destroy people, to destroy our faith. But we raise our hands in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father, that you will open our eyes. And that and we acknowledge that everything is in control. That nothing that's happening, Father, surprises you. Because you know all. You have all knowledge. And nothing surprises you. We pray for those cities like Washington, D.C., and Seattle, and Portland, and in Texas, and all these places throughout the states and nations, Father, where racial injustice is happening now at its highest point. Father, please, use people, bring up people, give them wisdom, give them just the right words to say, give them the level of authority. We want to prevail, Lord, but we understand that you are the key, you are the rock, you are the answer to our prayers. We pray, Father, for the President of the United States, whether it's a new president or the same president again, doesn't matter who will be. All we know is that we are called to pray for and over our governors, our people, the people in office. Give them wisdom. Father, give them wisdom. We understand what scripture says, that you are the You are the one that put kings or takes them out of place. You put them in place, you take them out of place. Father, we pray for, for the next president of the United States, that the laws that they will pass, Father, that they may please you, that may be according to scripture. We pray, Father, for the financial system of the world, that's in chaos. We pray for those people that have been affected by the virus. That seems it's not going away anytime soon. Father, please, in the name of Jesus, have mercy on those souls. Many people have passed on and we have lost them forever. Father, we don't doubt your decisions you are the all-knowing God we just pray for you to give us strength and and the burden to 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 pray to get on our knees to seek your will to see things as you see them for better understanding and even even if we don't understand them father Let us enter into peace that your decisions, Father, are for the best. 
We pray for those who have lost their jobs. They're losing their homes. And they don't know what to do. They lost their savings. They're losing their homes. They lost their jobs. Maybe they're losing hope. Probably even faith. We pray over them that the provision from heaven Father, come over their lives right now, today, beginning today. Father, we pray for peace. We pray for your will to be done on earth, just like it is done in heaven. Give us understanding, give us insight, give us peace. But above all, give us more of your presence. Father, with your presence, if your presence calls before us, there's nothing we could do and there's nothing we can withstand. With you, everything is possible. Without you, we are lost. I pray for the United States of America. I pray for the United States of Mexico. I pray for Central and South America. I pray for Canada. I pray for Europe. I pray for Africa. I pray for Cuba. I pray for all the nations. Father, that your presence come upon them. That they come into the knowledge of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Give us faith. Give us hope. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We don't deserve it. And to this day, we don't understand. Why do you want to commune with us? But you do. I don't doubt it. I'm not going to question it. Come into our lives. Come into our lives. Heal our bodies. Heal our souls. Heal our lives. We put everything before you. And we accept your will. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, and we thank you for everything. Amen.